If you have a Bible, let's go start off at familiar ground, Mark eleven twenty two, And uh, we have a lot of people out because I think we have 35 adults helping with the youth camp. But uh, I'd be hard-pressed to bring anything more important. 49 years and one month ago, I preached the gospel for the first time in my life. And I was in John 15. And we're going to be there this evening. And the topic this evening is have your own faith. Tell your neighbor, have your own faith. faith. Tell the neighbor on the other side, "Have have your own faith. Everyone should build their own faith life. I'm going to say that a few times this evening. Everyone should build their own faith life. Now, I think sometimes people assume we're fundraising. We're not. I think sometimes people think we're saying and doing what we're doing out of habit or pattern. We're not. We know exactly what we're doing. So when we tell you to pick a number to believe God for, something reasonable, don't ask God for a zillion dollars. There's no such thing as a zillion. Although politicians will probably be making that a word here shortly. And then ask the Lord how much to sow to believe you receive that amount from an unexpected source. The reason we do these things is you need to learn how faith works. Because here's what your average Christian does. They just stumble through life depending on the natural. And if they're a tither, it's very possible they'll never hit a life-challenging situation. But it is possible. But again, for a tither, that's the, the, the chances of that are very diminished. But the point is, they just K Sarah, Sarah through life, and then they hit a big issue. And then, because they don't have any faith themselves, Then they go, will you pray for me? 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 That's what we're going to be dealing with tonight. Mark 11, 22 to 23. This was kind of a joke in our family in June. The topic came up some way, somehow. I don't remember what the issue was, but how are you doing all this? And I texted the family, have faith in God. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You should never trust the great issues of life to another person's faith. You should never trust the great issues of life to another person's faith. You should have faith of your own, faith that can meet any crisis that may come along. Your case, your situation is vital to you. It may not be vital to this other person to whose faith you are looking. That other person may have troubles of their own. They may have spiritual struggles that remain unsolved. 
They may have inward struggles that have never been settled. The other person's faith may be at a low ebb when you appeal to him for aid. Austin and I talk about this, and Sue, there are times, man, man, we are prayed up, man, we're just like ready, man, we're just in every way ready, and we come here, and we do our thing, and it's like, what happens? It's like a flat tire. Then there's other times you get up in the Sunday morning, and you, you just feel about as spiritual as a fence post, and come in here, and I mean, the anointing of God just lays a hold of you and seizes you, and you, you're like mesmerized. What in the world happened? So my point is, a lot of these things are by the leading and the moving of the Holy Spirit of God. We give him the credit for that. But the point is, a lot of these things are by the leading and the moving of the Holy Spirit of God, which cannot be orchestrated. Do you understand? If you have a situation going on in your life, you can't like dial 1-800-HOLY-GHOST-MOVE. Uh, these are severally as he wills. I feel led to pause right there and let's go somewhere that they didn't know about upstairs. Let's go to Mark chapter 6. Well, I should. This is why I don't do this. I know it's there. Help me find the verses. I think it's Mark 6, where he was astonished at their lack of faith and he could do no mighty miracle. This Bible's new, it's not marked up yet. Beginning of Mark 6. Okay, let's skip down to verse 4. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. I want to get to verse 5. I was thinking it was at the end of chapter 6. It's verse 5. He could not do any miracles there. So who are we talking about? This is amazing. Jesus. He could, do no, he, could do, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Verse 6, and he was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, now, if Jesus was on planet earth in person physically and was stopped by their lack of faith, why would we think that when he's not here physically and we're dealing with Jesus in heaven or the Holy Spirit of God, that he cannot be stopped by a lack of faith. He could, he could, King James, if I remember right, says he could do no mighty miracle there. He just laid his hands on a few sick folk, got them healed. And you can't count on this. You know, I was, 1983, I would have been 27 
and I'm preaching a camp meeting in Naivasha, Kenya for an Assembly of God pastor. It was a, it was a pioneer-type church situation. You see that picture, black and white picture of Sue with a bunch of children? That was the Sunday after at that church, his church. We, we were holding this revival in a YMCA building. No electricity, candles, raw cut, uh, wood, just as simple as simple could be. And about the third night, when I drive over there and the pastor comes and gets me at the car to walk me over to the YMCA building, I said, what in the world's going on? Because there were all these matatus, that's a, a van that they use to haul people like a private enterprise bus situation. All these matatus and school buses and the YMCA building was packed. There were hundreds of people outside. I said, what's going on? This is how clueless I was. He said, well, they've heard, he said, word's gone out. There's a white man from America healing the sick. And I, I was like, you know, you know. <laughs> but my point is, I could, I could line something up next week and it not be like that. See, these are the gifts and movings of the Holy Spirit of God and they cannot be orchestrated. And that's why You've heard me say, I, I, I appreciate every miracle God ever did for me during the meltdown. We made a record of it. We were, it, it didn't dawn, us, dawn on us until we were well into the meltdown and record time. I mean, well into the meltdown that God was saving our hide at Faith Christian Center through a series of miracles. And I was, I'm grateful for every miracle I've ever gotten. There sits one right over there. But I could live the rest of my life and not need a miracle. Because you talk about pressure. So that's why we do what we do. You know, we take care of ourselves. We try and keep the weight down. We save money. We invest money. You understand what I'm saying? We do everything we can do in the natural to not get ourselves in a jam. But on the other hand, you need to do whatever you need to do to find out how to have faith for yourself. That'll work. And I use these little silly trite examples, but that's why, it, let's say your dishwasher quit. So what's a dishwasher today, 450? I mean, it's so easy just to use a credit card. Well, practice your faith and believe God. You have to learn how faith works. And if you don't learn how faith works, well, you're always dependent on other people. And thank God for other people. There are times in life where we thank God for other people. And we thank God for other people that have some anointing on them. Absolutely. But I think it would be prudent to learn how to have your own faith and to exercise your own faith. And don't be like these folks in Mark chapter 6 where it says he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. What's this about? Romans is 10, is it verse 17? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So they weren't, their hearts weren't prepped. Their hearts weren't ready for him. And then they had prejudices. This was his hometown. Who could, who, isn't this uh, Joseph and Mary's son? Uh, aren't his brothers and sisters here? They had prejudices. And your prejudices can keep you from getting 
blessed financially, your prejudices can keep you from getting healed physically. It seems like the majority of people float along carelessly until they come to a dangerous place in life. They are sick or some loved one is sick or some financial or health problem confronts them that may affect their entire future. Then they frantically hunt for someone who can cry and sob and quote scriptures in what they call their prayer and it is of no avail because there's no faith back of it. And let me say, I know you've heard this a thousand times, you need to learn how to attack these issues that are small. If you can't get yourself healed of a headache, I wouldn't be trying your faith level on cancer. And that's why sometimes I remember we had a gal work for us and she worked in the office. She wasn't the main gal in the office, but I think she was like a backup and, and uh, she'd been sick and I think she'd actually left that and she was away from us for a while, but she came and made an appointment. Pastor, I don't know what to do. You know, I left here, I went to another job, but then I got sick and I couldn't work. They let me go and because I was a new employee and I'm embarrassed. Doctor says I need this surgery and now my money's gone and my credit cards, what do I do? Pastor, what do I do? Well, there's no faith in any of this. So I told her, get the surgery. She said, you know, I can go down to John Peter Smith and, you know, they'll give me the surgery and then I can pay off the little bit that they want. I said, do it. No point, no point, no point in, uh, let's believe God, sister. There's no, no, what are we going to agree on? And I told her. She says, well, I'm embarrassed. I said, you don't have to be embarrassed. I said, there have been times in my life I didn't, I didn't have faith for whatever was going on. I said, get yourself taken care of, get well, then you can get a job, then you can uh, get your, your needs met, your bills paid, pay this stuff off. I said, but I said, you can't do any of that if, you're not, if you don't get this medical issue taken care of. Do you understand? So don't be giving people the same cookie cutter diagnosis on every situation because they're not all at the same place. Can you see that? Then I had a lady come up to me out here a few years back. <laughs> she, she was full of cancer. She didn't even know it. Went to the doctor, got, got the scans. She said, Lay hands on me and I'll be healed. I laid hands, I just said two or three words, laid hand, and she, she comes back, she got the scan. She got the before scan, the after scan. See, now that's a different situation. Do you understand? But one had developed her faith and one had not. You know, we have a man in the church, he can't do this anymore, but you know, he has, there's a picture online of him standing pressing a thousand pounds. Uh, no point in me going and doing that tomorrow. <laughs> no point in me going and trying that. To, in other words, you got to work up to that. And then also probably you need to be a young man. He can't do it anymore either. But my point is, you just don't start at a thousand pounds. You would have to work up to that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know what all this is worth. 20, 25 million dollars. There would have been no point at the hotel for me to 
I mean, if I had said, I'm going to believe God for a $25 million project, I would have been blowing smoke at the people. Do you understand? We bought a $160,000 piece of dirt, and the only way we got it financed, I'd been reading the Wall Street Journal, the only way we got it financed, I got the sellers to give us a second subordinated note for $40,000. So that left us, what, borrowing $120,000? So I could do that. I can believe God for that. And let's go to work on that. Let's go to work on paying that down. Let's draw a little building, and then we can build it. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take action where you are. You understand? And you gotta get strong at that level, and then you can go on to another thing. And that's and listen, that's why, that's why, and we're not fundraising when we say this. That's why we're always encouraging you to exercise your faith on money, because money's non-fatal. You believe God for $1,000 and you're not at that level yet? That's not like believing God to get healed of cancer and then not being at that level yet. Am I helping anybody? Tell your neighbor, you need to develop your own faith. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you need to develop your own faith. Now, when people pray and they you know, they cry and they sob and they do all of that. There's no faith in it because if there was faith in it, they would be rejoicing because they would know that whatever they ask of the Father in Jesus' name, he'll do it. And then also, be, be mindful and be careful about who you're asking to be in agreement with you. There's no point in trying to go get somebody to be in agreement with you that is not at least of equal faith. Because then you're trying to pull them along. Here are some faith facts that will help you begin to build your own faith life. The word is yours. This, I, t- I remember I, I, I won that gal to the Lord a week ago Sunday and I told her, it's shocking to hear these words come out of my mouth, but I told her, and it's totally true. I said, God doesn't love me any more than he loves you. The difference between us is the degree to which we have believed God and taken action on the word of God. But God doesn't love one of us more than he loves the other. We are his children. Say it out loud. We are his children. We are his children. You know, I'm shocked at my grandchildren. I mean, you know, in one family and the other family, same gene pool, same environment, but they're completely different. Every one of them is different. It's just as amazing. It's mesmerizing, actually, how different they are. Same, same genetics, same environment, but they're different. They're different. They're different. But you know what? You love them equally. They're yours. And that's the way God looks at us. So the word is yours. And this, a week ago Sunday, I believe it was, I have it in my notes. July 10, the Lord spoke to me and said, you can tell what's important by what's being attacked and what's being attacked. Fatherhood, motherhood, the family, and the word of God. You know what's important by what's being attacked. So you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God, you're a child of God, and this is yours. See it? I made it mine, but it's yours. Can you see that? I made it mine, but it's yours. It's no more mine than it is yours. 
So you can say it's mine. No one has a better right to it than I have. Every promise is mine. Every statement of fact is mine. It's, it's mine. That's why after prayer on Friday and Saturday, we say, you know, every promise, every blessing, every, every, every promise of healing, every promise of success and prosperity, it's, it's my covenant right. I'm walking in it. See, it's an attitude we're trying to develop culturally. The, in the culture of this church, it's an attitude we're trying to develop. It's mine. It's my right. Belongs to me. I'm not trying to get it. You understand? If you're trying to get it, there's no faith in it. I'm not trying to get it. It's mine. Now there's an adversary. That's why I have to run him off. And when, when Jesus said, Whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. You can say, he was talking to me. He's talking to me. Say, tell your neighbor, the Bible is God speaking to me, and the Bible is God speaking to you. See, it doesn't do any good for it to be a theoretical something on your coffee table. We can say he was talking to me. He is my father and I am, I am his child. Say it out loud. He is my father, is my father. And, I am his child. and I am his child. See, and we can say this is his message to me to help me in my earth walk. Why don't we say that? If you have a Bible or whatever device you're looking at the word of God on, say this is, this is his message to me to help me in my earth walk. And it's all in here. Everything we're looking for, needing, it's all in there. John 15, 7 was given by the master from the father to me, for he said, the words that I speak are not mine, but the father is speaking through me. So this is the main thing I want to get to tonight, may carry over to next Wednesday, but your, your prayer life ought to bear fruit. Every year that goes by, I am more convinced that I was not designed for this. I'm not at home here. I'm a pilgrim passing through. Think of the millions who pray every day and never expect anything. Genuflecting, Hail and Mary. Think about it. Millions. Don't live like that. Don't pray on autopilot. Don't pray in the same way we teach you here, don't tithe or give not expecting. Don't pray not expecting. Your prayer life ought to produce fruit. And you need to get there because it's only when your prayer life produces fruit that you know you have any faith. Listen, I'm not trying to be unkind, but if, if, if you cannot name this answer to prayer or that answer to prayer or this miracle or that healing, you don't have any faith. And I want you to have faith. You need to be able to, to point to and say, I prayed and that's what God did. I prayed, and this money came. I prayed, and I got healed of this or that. I want everybody in this meeting tonight, and I want everybody at Faith Christian Center to get to that level. And you can do it. You know why? Because I'm not his favorite. The only difference between us is 
the extent to which we have believed him and taken action on his word. That's it. So you can do it. A lot of people are like that guy that I came across at Life Fitness years ago. And this is the reason I don't go out in public like that anymore. So, you know, between sets you rest. You're supposed to because if you don't rest, I don't even understand it all, but that's what trainers taught me. You know, you do a set, you rest a few moments. You do a set, you rest a few moments. And I'm meditating on things all the time. And so I was sitting there and I must have been thinking about something, you know, my mind is off somewhere. And this guy comes up to me and says, you ain't going to build no muscle doing that. And I looked at him and I thought, I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue and not say what I'm thinking because, dude, you are three times bigger than me. And that's the way a lot of churches are. In other words, people who don't know nothing telling other people who don't know nothing the nothing that they don't know nothing about nothing. I mean, if, you know, if the guy's ripped, that's one thing. Okay, well, you know, I should pay attention here. But, you know, when the guy's like three times heavier, you're thinking, mind your own business. I didn't say anything. I was polite. <laughs> I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, rather than talking about Fauci and Burks and, you know, uh, all of this stuff, we, we ought to be saying, we, man, we ought to be gathering on Sunday and telling each other, man, the Lord did this and the Lord brought that and, the, and I got this miracle and the, God did this in my family and God did that in my marriage and God did this in a child's life. That's, that would be church. Right? Answer, 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 answer. Yes. Answers everywhere. Yes. That's, what we, that's what we need to press on and get to. Right. Tell your neighbor again, have your own faith. Have your own faith. Tell the neighbor on the other side, learn how to have your own faith. Right. So your prayer life, and I'm not trying to be unkind, I'm trying to, you know, life coach you. Your, your, your prayer life ought to bear fruit. But you know, you know, it's funny, it's funny thing about prayer. <laughs> you know, my daughter-in-law does gardening. I don't know about this year, but because uh, it's so hot in Texas. But if you went out and planted a garden one year and got nothing, you went out and planted a garden the second year, got nothing, and, and third year, fourth year, 20 years, would you keep planting a garden? But that's the way people handle prayer. See, in other words... If you're not getting an answer, if you're not getting a healing, if you're not getting a financial blessing, if something's not being manifested, friend, you need to change the way you're praying. Tell your neighbor, if it ain't working, it ain't working. John 15. My first sermon was out of John 15. John 15, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Everybody say collectively, let's say it together, ouch. ouch. I mean, if, if I'm hooked into Jesus, how can I not bear fruit? 
I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. That's why you have to be patient with the Lord. It took me a long time to learn this. You have to be patient with the Lord and discipline yourself to not complain and discipline yourself to not get angry at the Lord. Now, I know that's an odd thing to say, but everybody in this room has been angry at the Lord. We have to discipline ourselves to be patient and to wait upon the Lord and to not be angry with Him. Because sometimes I am convinced, well, I could not even stand here tonight and, and count how many ministers I have seen wrecked because God blessed them too early, too fast, with too much. And so... Sue and I are grateful. He brought us along. He led us along, you know. I mean, sometimes I'm ready to run. I feel like a dog on the leash. You know, let me run. But he knows. He knows where I'm at. He knows what, he knows what, what my level is. He knows what my uh, shortcomings are. So I trust him. Say it out loud. He is my shepherd. See, that's what I learned over the decades. He is my shepherd. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me... Uh, into the green pasture. So I trust him. And uh, so if, if in 2022 he chooses to bless me at this level and not this level, well, I'm okay. I trust him. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Now there's a heresy going in, on in the church all over the world and that is it doesn't matter what you do that God blesses us all equally. Why in the world then would Jesus say, remain in me and I will remain in you? And if it were not possible to not remain in him, why would he say, remain in me? Did, was he just like a hippopotamus, you know, doing gastric disturbances out of his mouth like these politicians? Was he so stupid he didn't know what to say so he just thought he'd say that? Or did he mean what he said? He said, remain in me. If he is exhorting them and us through the holy word of God, remain in me, it must be possible to not remain in him. Which means I got to exert some effort. I, I got to take some action to remain in him. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. You see this all the time. You don't even think about it. A shrub in your yard, a crepe myrtle, a tree in the yard, and wind or maybe it's low hanging and a guy on a moor goes past and breaks a branch. You see this all the time. You notice a branch, it's hanging weird, it's broken. What happens to that branch over time? It dies. Because if it's not connected to the tree or the vine, it's not getting the nutrients it needs. It dies. And he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Let me back up. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. What is he talking about? Obviously, he's not talking about fruit like a paycheck. He's not talking about fruit like lifting weights. He's not talking about fruit like cutting the grass. He's talking, he must be talking about some kind of fruit 
that is be above and beyond what we can produce by human endeavor. And that's it, that's it. That's what Faith Christian Center is all about. And that's what irritates folks. I have chosen to live my life above what I can produce. And I've learned how to do it over the decades. I mean, I know what I can do. C plus, B minus. But I just chose not to live my life at that level. I chose to have faith in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, have faith in God. God. Tell the neighbor on the other side, have faith in God. God. Amen. Amen. I mean, think about it. You cannot even name another church this size that didn't lose one person to COVID and held church as normal, held school as normal, didn't lift a Fauci finger to do anything and and skated right through it. Because we were saying, look to God and not to man. And I don't know if you have figured it out, but everything now is a lie. When I was a young man, there were some lies out there, but now it's all lies. I am the vine, verse 5, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, if a man, if, why would he say, if a man remains in me? Why would he do that? Did he, did, was he bored? Did he not know what he was saying? Did, was, was he just clutching at straws? Or was he saying exactly what he meant? If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And again, we can, we can walk the mail out to the box and we can cut the grass and we can trim the shrubs. We can do all that natural stuff, but he's not talking about natural stuff. He's talking about supernatural stuff. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers and such branches, branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Verse seven, and this is the key to the whole thing. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, and there it is, there it is, my God, there it is. 2022 in a nutshell. Because every week, every week, it's it's really sad, but it seems like every week some preacher that we knew from the past has decided to, they're they're not even waiting for the devil to mess them up now. They are voluntarily throwing themselves on the spiritual ash heap. They're deciding to wreck themselves. I mean, it just amazes me. And I'll tell you what, Jesus warned about all of this in Matthew's gospel. It'd be a good thing to review Matthew's gospel because there's a lot of end times instructions in Matthew's gospel. And he said, he said even the elect would be deceived if that were possible. In other words, these powerful deceiving spirits have gone forth. But look at verse 7 again. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, my words remain in you, and yet church after church and preacher after preacher and famous preacher after famous preacher on joining, forget about being cast onto it, jumping on to the spiritual ash heap by giving up the word. This is God's love letter to you. And if you get offended at this right here, you have no hope. And if one, 
word of it is untrue, then how do you know any of it's true? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Critics say, oh, you're just trying to make the, the, the word of God, God. No, 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 God already did that. We're not trying to do that. God already did that. If, if God's word is not true, if God's word is not good, then he's no good. And think about how, since the sexual revolution of the 60s, think about how society has completely gone off the rails, rejecting those Supreme Court decisions in the 60s, getting the Bible out of the public schools, getting prayer out of the public schools. Just think of, just, just, what has happened to our society? If somebody in the mid-60s, if Billy Graham in the mid-60s had gone on national television and said, mark my words, you take the Bible out of public schools and you take prayer out of the public schools, 35, 35, 55 years hence, nobody in America will know if they're a man or a woman. He would have been run out of town on a rail. They would have ridiculed him. They would have said he was crazy. They would... But look where we are. Because this is not like in the book of Eli where they, he, at the end he puts the Bible on the shelf with the, all the other so-called holy books. You know, I'm always challenging Sue to bet me on this or that. I'll bet you $10,000. You can't get that, you can't get healed using that Koran. I'll bet you $10,000 you can't get healed using some kind of Scientology manual. I'll bet you $100,000 you can't get healed using Joseph Smith's writings. <laughs> but I could not count the people I have seen healed by the power of God employing the words of this book right here. I could not count them. And Jesus said, verse 7, if you remain in me and my words, and, and that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Little scaredy cats, you know, former Word of Faith guys didn't hold church for two years. They, they meet back. Oh, my gosh, building's empty. And uh, so they abandoned the Bible. Well, they didn't abandon the Bible when they came back from not holding church two years and the church building was empty. They abandoned the Bible when they followed uh, man. I mean, how in the world did man survive thousands of years on this planet without Fauci? Think about it. How in the world did man survive thousands of years? I mean, think about it. We fought the Revolutionary War in a smallpox pandemic which had a kill rate of 33%. They didn't say, pause, got to lock down, can't do this war right now, got to hit a pause button. Apparently they were some men. And you know what their solution was? Watch the uh, John Adams documentary. You know what their solution was? They passed around blankets that had been used in hospitals to infect themselves with smallpox and they cast their lot with God on who would survive and who wouldn't survive because once they got it, then they were immune. 
A little different strategy than hiding in your mommy's basement with a laptop. <laughs> and the difference is, if you're wondering what the difference is, the difference is America was populated by Christian people and they looked to God. What a mess we are in now. 70%, I just read this last week, 70% of the COVID dead in Canada in 2022 have had the shot three times. Just read that last week. Well, I'm not taking that chance. I'm going to believe God. Somebody might say, well, pastor, that's, that, you're just crazy. You could die believing God. Well, you could die not believing God. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, it's who you're going to believe. And it's also what is in your heart. How are you going to live the rest of your life afraid? Talk to me. How are you going to live the rest of your life afraid? I just choose not to live afraid. I'm not going to live afraid. I am not going to be afraid. Verse 7 again, then verse 8, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. So in all these churches, these cool churches, cool pastors, famous people, when you take the word of God out of sermons, how are the people going to have the word of God in them? If faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, how, how are they going to get healed? How are they going to get saved? How are they going to get a better job? How are they going to have a happy home? How are, they going to, how are they going to see a child come back to the Lord if there's no word? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then here Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Not Oprah, not Fauci, not Burks, not Trump, not Bi Biden's words cannot abide in you because you don't even know what they are. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask what you, whatever you wish and it will be given to you. My God, have we not comprehended have we not apprehended have we not meditated on this to get to whatever you wish level of faith and it's not complicated he didn't say now if you'll climb Mount Everest then you can ask whatever you wish because some people physically wouldn't be able to do that That's why Moses said, it's not too hard. It's not up in heaven. It's not down below. It's not too hard. I set before you <coughs> life and death, poverty and destruction. It's not too hard. Tell your neighbor, it's not too hard. We have a lady who works for us, and after she'd been here a few years, she said, you know, she said, I see it and I get it. She said, people complain, and they say, this living for God is too hard. She said, it's not too hard. She said, everybody that's got trouble is, is not living for the Lord. 
They're not consistent. They're not faithful. They're not, they're not givers. They're not tithers. They're, they, they don't have their money in the kingdom. They're, they don't have their heart in the kingdom. And they have all this trouble. Living for the Lord's not what's too hard. Living for the devil's what's hard. <clears throat> if you remain in me and my words, my words, my words, my words, my words, my words, where are we going to get his words? From his word, from the Bible. You can't name another book. I mean, for at least 100 years, they've been sending archaeologists over there to Israel. And you know, liberal scholars, you know, you know they're looking for some kind of evidence that co contradicts the Bible. They have never found anything in one of those digs that contradicts anything in that Bible. In fact, the opposite. They come across the Dead Sea Scrolls and all this stuff. I mean, it's just horrifying <laughs> for the Bible to be authenticated and verified. My words, my words, my words. We are in the situation we're in in this country. We are in the situation we are in spiritually. We are in the situation we are in man by man, woman by woman, family by family, because we have not had a high enough regard for the Word of God. Financially, maritally, children, in every way. If we would have lived our lives heretofore with a higher regard for the Word of God, you'd be better off financially, you'd be better off in your health, you'd be better off in your family, you'd be better off. And every mistake we ever made in life was in that book. It, it covers it all. It's just not organized. You got to hunt, you got to search. I had a question today. How do I answer these people that, you know, I've got people calling me and leaving me messages, you know, about their apostasies and all of this. Like, I don't know why they want to explain it to me. What am I going to tell them? And I, I went to the book of Amos and, and I got my answer. In evil, in evil times, say nothing. That's my answer. Don't call them back. What am I going to tell them? See, if you and I cannot begin a conversation, I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm not talking about whether to buy the blue Ford or the red Chevrolet. If you and I cannot begin a spiritual conversation with this premise, the Bible is the word of God, I have nothing to talk about. Can you see that? Because what am I going to talk about? Gee, it's hot. What else am I going to talk about? You understand? And then people, but, but wait a minute. See, here's the problem. People have all these needs. They got all these issues. They got all these bills. They got, they're, they're sick. Oh my gosh. And now, you know, all the consequences of all that's been going on the last two years and uh, my, microplastics in the lungs and all of this stuff going on. But if we cannot begin with this premise, the word of God is true. Then there's nowhere to go. You know what we do? God bless you. And then go home. Because you can't help them. See, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. All right, I'm out of time. <clears throat> this series we're doing, for example, on Sunday morning. 
the miracle of seed faith giving. There's a situation in my life, it's not critical, it's not a big deal to me, but it'd be, it'd be very nice to get it taken care of. And uh, the years ago, the Lord asked me a brutal question. He said, well, what would you give if you knew that I'd answer that? And he hit me with a number. Would you give a quarter of a million? And I have to admit, I shrunk back. I thought, uh, how would I know? So two years ago, I just decided, well, I missed that opportunity, so now I'll give four times that. And then three years later, I thought, no, no, we'll go, to, we'll go eight times that. Because, and I'm not telling you what to do, but here it is. If you knew you could live at the level of whatever you wish, what price would you pay? If you knew you could live at the level of whatever you wish, what price would you, would you, would you pray every day? Would you tithe? Would you give as led by the Holy Spirit? See, the point is, we want all, we're like children. The other day, Jessica was looking for Emily. Where's Emily? Where's Emily? Where's Emily? Found her in the pantry eating a Butterfinger. <laughs> That's, and, and salute on a pantry with Butterfingers. Mine doesn't have any Butterfingers. <laughs> I don't need them. But the point is, that's where we want to live. But what is that? That's toddler level. See, in other words, because a parent will come along and say, well, there's no, there's no minerals in that. There's no nutrition in that. There's, in other words, but that's the way an adult thinks. A child thinks, Butterfingers. <laughs> right? You understand? And that's where too many people are living. I, I, want, I want all the sweets, and I want all the candy, and I want all the blessings, and I want all the benefits, but no, 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 I don't want any veggies. No, 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 no protein. No, no, no. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, I have to put a disclaimer in here. I know I look good, but this was decades in the making. It took decades. And you fine folks sit here, the beneficiaries of my decades, because I'm telling you the secret right up front. If you can bring yourself to have a high regard for the word of God and be a doer of the word of God, you can live at the level of whatsoever you wish.